0: He's a retired law professor. He's also a retired assistant state's attorney. He served from 1975 through 2005. During his term, he was the last person to prosecute the notorious, vicious serial killer, Ted Bundy. He's here to talk about that, the book he wrote, and much more. Welcome to the Law Enforcement Today radio show. I'm your host. My name's John J. Wiley. In addition to being a radio broadcaster, I'm a retired police sergeant. download our free app calling us from lake city florida we have george r bob dekel on the phone bob thanks so much for being a guest on the law enforcement day show very much appreciated well thank you for having me it's a pleasure to have you here bob by the way is a retired prosecutor from north central florida area he's also a law professor and author of many books before we get into the conversation it's a fascinating conversation we talk about. Tell us about your books, where people have more information, the kind of books you've written.
1: Well, uh, most of the books I've written are books on historic trials. I wrote a book on the uh, Lindbergh kidnapping. I wrote uh, a book on uh, Abraham Lincoln's most famous case as a defense attorney. I wrote a uh, professional biography on Lincoln, uh, which I wrote about all of the murder cases that he tried. I've written a couple of books about uh, murder cases that were prosecuted by uh, a prosecutor up in New York City by the name of Francis Wellman. I wrote, of course, a memoir about uh, my involvement in the the, uh, prosecution of Ted Bundy, and then a couple of... uh, Textbooks on uh, legal subjects.
0: You're a busy guy, man. You uh, Since retiring, I think you're probably busier than you were when you are working.
1: Well, my wife tends to keep me busy.
0: <laughs> good for you. Busy mind is a good mind. It's a clear mind. By the way, yeah. Bob's website is bobdeaglebooks.com. That's B-O-B. Last name spelled D-E-K-L-E. So, BobDeagleBooks.com. Of course, I want to talk to you about uh, your, your long career, but that would take forever. That take multiple shows. One trial in particular really stands out is the Ted Bundy trial. Lots of people have big misconceptions about Ted Bundy. By the way, Ted was, for those who don't know, in case you're very, very young or just crawled out from under rock, Ted was a notorious serial killer. And he's supposed to confess to 30 murders and is suspected to do have done many, many more. And he was executed in Florida, I believe it was in 1989?
1: Somewhere around along there, yes. I actually did,
0: at the retirement from police work, I got into radio. And one of the places that I wound up working for about five years doing mornings was in Lake City, Florida. It's an area, for those who don't know, it's north of Gainesville, south of the Georgia border. It's a great community. Columbia County is a phenomenal place, some awesome people. But even back, uh, I think it was like 2005, 2006, 2011, somewhere around there, uh, people were still talking about the murder that Ted Bundy did in Lake City. Uh, it had a huge impact on that community.
1: I don't think that the uh, people of Lake City will ever forget that case.
0: For, to refresh people's memories this was a young woman a young girl who was a uh, was she a high school student
1: no she was a 12 year old junior high student just 12 Yes, uh, 12 yeah she was uh, kidnapped as she walked across campus going from one classroom to another it was uh during class time she'd uh, left her pocketbook in her homeroom class and her homeroom teacher sent a message for her to come get her pocketbook. So uh, she walked across campus to get her pocketbook and uh, walked back, and on the trip back, she just disappeared.
0: And eventually, Ted Bundy was arrested and charged with her disappearance and her murder. she was found, was it a few weeks later?
1: It was about uh, two months later. If my memory serves me correctly, and frequently it doesn't, it was sometime in April that we actually found the body.
0: This guy, one of the things I think, and I hate to use this term, but it's not a lot of words that really fit accurately. Being retired police, I have a fascination with serial killers because, quite honestly, I never ran into them. I ran into many guys who were contract killers for for drug gangs and arrested quite a few of them. But most of the murderers I arrested were people that were spur-of-the-moment, spontaneous, and it was quite often a crime of passion. So when I say fascinated, I'm intrigued by the viciousness and how someone like Ted Bundy can function for so long.
1: Well, the um, key to uh, being a successful serial killer is killing strangers. You know, the way most murders are solved is because the killer and the uh, victim are known to each other. Right. And so your pool of suspects comes from uh, people who know, or know, the, know the victim. As you say, a lot of, a lot of murders are spur-of-the-moment sort of things and the uh, killers tend to leave evidence uh, in, in situations like that. Serial killers are more, I hate to use the word predator types, but uh, they, they plan out their, uh, uh, their, their murders a little bit more, and, uh, and, they, uh, and they tend not to uh, leave as much evidence.
0: Which makes them very, very hard to capture because... Number one, the the aspect of not knowing the victim makes it really, really hard. With this young lady, she, this young girl, she disappeared, and no one knew where she went, and they had no other information in time, did they?
1: She just walked out of the classroom to go back to her other class and just, you know, might as well have fallen off the face of the earth. She just disappeared, and nobody knew what had happened to her.
0: I feel so bad for her family. Uh, I have two daughters. They're young adults now, but you worry about them nonstop, even as young adults. When they were that age, if they were missing for five or ten minutes, it was a lifetime. These people went months without knowing what happened to their daughter.
1: That's right. Now, you know, once Bundy was connected to being in Lake City at the time that she disappeared, uh, it was, you know, pretty much... Uh, foregone conclusion or a, a real great probability that she was dead you know the longer we went without finding her the more certain it was that she was we were not going to find her alive
0: and that's a horrifying feeling it, and that, by the way it, after a period of time you begin to suspect the worst case scenario but you always investigate it as it's a worst case scenario, just in case, because you can't go back and start over. So, when you have a missing persons case and it looks suspicious, you treat it suspicious from the very beginning until proven otherwise. Same with un- unattended deaths. You don't treat them as a suicide first, you treat them as a possible homicide until proven otherwise. Am I right?
1: Exactly. You know, I was uh, involved in uh, investigation of homicides for about 30 years and i've been on many a many a death scene and you start off everybody's a suspect and all and all evidence is relevant
0: Yeah, we take a short break on that note we are talking about bob deagle bob is a retired prosecutor law professor author of books and one of the last people to try a part of the trial team of the notorious serial killer ted bundy there's only one official facebook page what you do you do a search on facebook For Law Enforcement Today Radio Show, click like and follow. There you'll find updates about upcoming episodes of the radio show. You can contact me. We also find unique, one of a kind editorials and news articles. That is our Facebook page, Law Enforcement Today Radio Show. Be sure to click like and follow. We'll see you there. This is Law Enforcement Today Show. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Do you want to learn how to be a true, effective
1: leader who could bring a team to the next level? Start by reading my book, A Beginner's Guide to Leadership by Eddie Molina, available on Amazon and on my website, eddiemolina.com. That's E-D-D-I-E-M-O-L-I-N-A.com.
0: Turn conversation with Bob Deakle, Bob, by the way, author of many books, one of which it's called The Last Murder, the Investigation, Prosecution, and Execution of Ted Bundy. In addition to being a retired law professor, he is a retired assistant state's attorney and part of the trial team that prosecuted Ted Bundy for the last murder of a young girl in Lake City, Florida. About what year was that, Bob?
1: Um, it was in 1978. The The crime occurred in, on February the 9th of... Um, 1978.
0: Seems like a lifetime ago. It's a long, long time ago.
1: A long um, time ago, yes.
0: But the truth is, the impact of this crime, not just this crime, this guy, and I don't like using his name a lot, but I'm going to use Ted Bundy. He is accused uh, and, and confessed to killing upwards of 30 people. And a term you used earlier really fits well, and I don't like it either. But there are predatory rapists, predatory kill, serial killers, and many of the predatory rapists, serial rapists, become killers. I've never understood how they think, and I think that's a good thing.
1: Well, there's just uh, a part of the soul is just not there for for that type of person. They, um, you know, they uh, have, have a personality disorder called sociopathy or psychopathy. That uh, most serial killers have to a greater or lesser degree, and um, the uh, constellation of uh, of characteristics of a, of a sociopath or psychopath are such that they don't. It's not that they don't. It's not that they don't know the difference between right and wrong. They don't care yeah. about the difference between right and wrong. And they look at other people as not human beings, but as objects to be used.
0: And they're used for their perverse sexual gratification.
1: Yes. Now, not all sociopaths uh, are that way. Uh, You know, uh, they're sociopaths who uh, are in uh, CEOs of companies, but uh, they... uh, the vast majority of, uh, of serial killers are sociopaths or psychopaths.
0: And maybe that's why I really don't understand and comprehend why they do what they do. And I hate to say it this way, but a regular common murderer, I can understand. We say, you know, as a cop, you, you have a call for a murder just occurred and a suspect escape on foot no description. One of the first things I learned to do is try to think like a criminal. Where would I go? What would I do? What area would I head to? Those sort of things can come in very handy until you're dealing with a guy like a Ted Bundy, and those guys, they just don't operate on the same level.
1: Um, I had a friend who uh, was with the uh, FBI Behavioral Sciences Unit uh, who um, he divided uh, uh, multiple homicides up into three categories, three classes, and uh, the um, Serial killers, mass murderers, and spree killers. And uh, uh, of the the three types of uh, multiple homicides, serial killers are the the, the hardest to predict, the hardest to uh, detect, uh, and the hardest to prevent. So much
0: has been made of his supposed high IQ, the fact that in many of the trials in different stages, he represented himself. And a lot of people have gone to great lengths to talk about how handsome and attractive he was. Were those traits that you saw during the trial process of Ted?
1: Well, he was above average IQ, which makes him a genius for a criminal. But he was, but he was not a uh, Hannibal Lecter type right. uh, intellect by any stretch of the imagination. He was not near as smart as he thought he was, and not nearly as smart as his um, reputation would have you believe. He was, he was above average intelligence. Uh, he knew a little bit about how courtroom worked. And he, like a lot of other sociopaths, knew how to pour sand into the gears of the criminal justice system
0: an attempt to try to manipulate it to get things the way he wanted. Uh, exactly.
1: I want to I backtrack.
0: And I'm glad you, you cleared that up. Higher than above average intelligence which makes him a genius for a criminal because most criminals are not bright. They're really, really not. And But he's not a criminal mastermind by any stretch. Is that a fair assessment?
1: Uh, exactly. You know, he uh, People talk about what a, what a wonderful job he did to defending himself. He shot himself in the foot one time after another down in um, Miami, uh, he took over the cross-examination of uh the crime scene, a guy uh, who, was, uh, who uh, worked the scene, the bloody, bloody scene at Kyle mm-hmm. Omega. Mm-hmm. And um, if you'll go and look, you can find some of the clips of him conducting the cross-examination. He was doing just exactly what you should not do on cross-examination if you're, de- if you're defending somebody on a first-degree murder case. Uh, he wanted to talk about every drop of blood and every spatter of blood and uh, um, went into infinite detail about all the guts and gore and and ugliness and, and whatnot. And, you know, that's not what you want to do if you're a defense attorney. No.
0: Absolutely. I I remember being a a witness in court and and of course you have an idea ahead of time and my limited perspective of whatever case I was involved in there's certain things I couldn't bring up unless asked and the, the state's attorney wasn't allowed to ask them and then we have inept defense attorneys that would open the door wide open by their line of questioning so that you get the most damning evidence out there and they're the ones who made it happen.
1: Exactly. Uh one of the key pieces of evidence that we had against him was a um, a uh, blue blazer that uh, he he had been wearing to court. And he got his girlfriend to take it to the dry cleaner for him. And so we seized the coat from the dry cleaner. The problem with the coat from the dry cleaner, uh, the 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 dry, dry cleaner is, how are you going to prove it belonged to Bundy? Uh, how are you going to prove the chain of custody on right. on the coat from uh, from Ted Bundy to his girlfriend to the dry cleaner. I didn't want to call the girlfriend because I felt like she was going to try to blurt out something to, uh, to try to torpedo the case. And so we get to depositions. We take depositions in Florida in criminal cases. They don't do that everywhere. And Bundy's representing himself and Bundy's deposing the officer who seized the, uh, The blue blazer and bundy repeatedly refers to the blue blazer during the deposition as my blue blazer my coat my this my that and so when we get to trial all i have to do is say well officer how do you know that this coat that you see belongs to ted bundy well he told me it belonged to him
0: there you go and he was his own worst advocate We're talking with Bob Deakle. Bob is a a fascinating character with a fascinating story. Many years as a lawyer, as a prosecutor, as a law professor at the university of florida and he's part of the trial team that prosecuted successfully the notorious vicious serial killer ted bundy this is law enforcement Today show the place to be online is our facebook page do a search on facebook for law enforcement today radio show you'll get access to unique news articles editorials and so much more that's law enforcement today radio show on facebook don't go anywhere we'll be right back
1: being switched on is a daily decision. The Switched On Life podcast provides life-saving tips for the entire family. No matter where you play or pray, stay switched on. Go to Switched On Life
0: to learn more. We're talking conversation with Bob Dekel, George R. Robert. I guess it Robert Dekel is that we call it Bob, George Robert Dekel, go by Bob. Bob is a retired law professor. He's also a retired U.S. State's Attorney, Assistant State's Attorney, and part of the trial team that prosecuted Ted Bundy for the murder of a 12-year-old in Lake City, Florida, back when you said it was in 1978 when the murder occurred? That's correct. And he was executed, I believe, in 1989, something like that. But I think, uh, I
1: think that's, that's right.
0: And I say good riddance. Uh, look, People can talk about life in prison. They can talk about all these other ideological thoughts they have about prison. And while that may apply for a lot of people when it comes to serial rapists, serial killers, and I believe serial pedophiles, there's no curing those people. And there's no sense keeping them around because the jail staff, the prison staff, all the sociologists, nurses, everybody else has to deal with them. And they're at risk with these people. So he's where he belongs.
1: Uh, I wholeheartedly
0: agree. He is a waste of oxygen. Yeah, and I'm not even going to get into discussion because some people think I'm a little harsh, Bob, to be honest with you, when it comes to that. But I want to go back to the case because a lot of people have opinions. A lot of people have uh, their theories, and one thing I don't pay attention to at all is uh, conspiracy theories that people have about murders because the first thing I asked him were you there? No. Okay. Do you have access to evidence? No. So then you really don't know. But you have access to a lot of evidence. Let's go back and talk about that. How did they link this vicious murder to Ted Bundy?
1: Well, the the first sort of link in the chain was uh credit cards. Bundy when he was arrested had a fistful of credit cards that he'd stolen and was using to uh, buy gasoline, buy food, this, and that, and the other. And so they traced him uh, to try to track his movements with those credit cards. And uh, they tracked his movements from Tallahassee to Lake City, and then from Lake City to Jacksonville, where he uh, tried to abduct a, a young girl in, uh, in Jacksonville uh, the day before he, he abducted Kim Leach. And then the the, credit, the trail of credit cards led back to Lake City where he spent the night in Lake City the, the night before Kim Leach went missing uh, at a hotel that was just two miles from the junior high school. So, uh, you know, that was the first indication that we needed to be looking at him as a possible suspect in, uh, in her disappearance. And uh, the way that we found Kim's body was by assuming uh, okay assume he's the killer uh, where did they find the bodies that uh, he's associated with uh, out west what did the places look like and we we uh, did kind of a profile of a of the the place where Ted Bundy would hide a body and and uh, okay, this is the kind of place that we need to be looking. We also had, as we were out looking in the woods for these various places, uh, had the officers picking up things uh, to be submitted to the lab, the crime lab, anything that looks, looks suspicious, uh, pick it up and send it to the crime lab and see if they can do something with it. And uh, very early in the uh, in the case, uh they found a pile of cigarette butts uh on the side of dirt road and the unique thing about this pile of cigarette butts was there was a five dollar bill with the cigarette butts so you know theorizing okay bundy's killed kim he's left her body somewhere and he wants to clean out the car before he goes on so he dumps the cigarette butts he's upset uh agitated, and he drops a $5 bill, so maybe those are his cigarette butts, and we can tie those cigarette butts to him by fingerprints. So pick up cigarette butts and send them to the lab. Only problem was it was raining that day, and did not dry the cigarette butts out and put them in plastic. And by the time the fingerprint man got to uh, examining the cigarette butts, they were mildewed, so he couldn't do any fingerprints on them. But he said, I do this, so I'll take these cigarette butts and I will compare them to the cigarette butts that were found in the car he was, Bundy was driving when he uh, when he got arrested. And he compared the two sets of cigarette butts, type of cigarette butt, length to which they were, they were smoked down, the way they were bitten, and he opined that the same person smoked both groups of cigarette butts. He said, go back to that area and look again.
0: And this is, by the way, before DNA.
1: Yeah, way was, before DNA. So
0: you you could have extracted DNA in more recent years from the cigarette butts, more than likely, and done a, yes. a comparison if you have an idea who the suspect is. You yeah. guys, maybe because of prior reputation, maybe because you knew he was wanted for other things in the area, other murders, he, he was already on your radar, and then you were able to piece it together that way, which I find amazing that the, yeah. the teams that would do that. What I find even more amazing is I know Lake City area, a lot of it is forest area. A lot of it yeah. is, is farmland. It's very rural. Once you get out of the city area itself, there are va- there are acres and acres and acres of places to hide bodies. Right. Your team was eventually able to find her body, weren't they?
1: Yeah. Well, we went back to that place where we found a cigarette butts uh, according as the uh, uh, fingerprint examiner's told us to do you know and said okay let's look around and we found a place that looked just like the place that ted bundy would hide a body uh, you know our picture of what where where bundy would hide a body this is the place this is you know this fits all of the pictures that we've drawn and not only that it fit the picture of, of um, that a psyche had drawn for us and uh, so, so, okay, we're, we're hitting on all cylinders. Everything's lining up. The, the body ought to be here. We'll come back tomorrow morning, and we'll look and see if we can find it here. And we came back the next morning. It was late afternoon when we uh, did the reconnoiter. and order. And we came back the next morning, and before noon, we had found the body.
0: The amazing thing is you guys, I say guys, a lot of people get bent out of shape with that term that means men and women. When I say the guys I worked with, that's men and women. And part yeah. of that team involved everybody. You mentioned that you even used a psychic. That's got to go against your nature, doesn't it?
1: Well, yes, uh, but when you're desperate, uh, you'll try anything.
0: Absolutely, I agree 100%. When you have no leads, you you, you especially in a big red ball case like this, You've got to examine every kind of evidence you can. And while that's not enough to get a conviction in court, it can be an investigative tool. I'll give a good example. A lot of people say, well, he passed a polygraph. And I'm like, well, that's not evidence in court. That's an investigative tool. And they don't that's quite right. understand the difference. Uh, but taking all those things, you built a case... A lot of people misuse this term too—a circumstantial case because you didn't have direct evidence, meaning an eyeball witness or a complainant right. saying this sort of person did that or uh, fingerprints on the scene. You took a circumstantial case and were able to successfully prosecute this guy.
1: Exactly, and it was uh, a a very complex uh, case. Uh, it was taking, you know pieces of evidence from numerous uh, different locations, placing them together, putting them together. And we are taking a short break on
0: that note. We're talking with Bob Diekel, part of the team who investigated and prosecuted notorious vicious serial killer ted bundy this is law enforcement today show ever find yourself in a situation where you can't listen to the whole law enforcement today show never fear past episodes are available online as a podcast and you can listen for free that's right the law enforcement today podcast is free do a google search for law enforcement today podcast or simply go to letradioshow.com and click the be heard tab don't go anywhere we'll be right back All too often we find ourselves getting asked where can I find other great podcasts? Do you have any suggestions? Because of this, we decided to create our own network of podcasts here on law enforcement today. You can access top podcasts about law enforcement on our website and free app head to letradioshow.com, Click the be heard tab. And there you will find our network link where we will continue to add podcasts from first responders and more. Remember, That's letradioshow.com to find out more information about law enforcement today, our podcast network, and to download our free app, letradioshow.com. Back to our conversation with Bob Deakle. Bob is a retired state's attorney uh, in Florida. He's also a retired law professor. He's an author of many books. We'll talk about those in a moment. And he was part of the legal team. That investigated and successfully prosecuted the vicious serial killer Ted Bundy uh, for the murder of a 12 year old in Lake City, Florida. And again, for those who don't know, I mean, this was 1978, but it still impacts that community today. And believe it or not, uh, people may not understand I was retired, I'm retired from the Baltimore Police Department. We had so many murders, we had times 300 plus murders a year. And those families, those communities are still impacted. They're impacted by murders that happened 30 years ago uh, just because there's a prosecution, conviction and execution, as in this case doesn't mean there's closure. There's a term is used a lot. theres I don't believe there's such a thing as closure for the family members.
1: There's always there's always a hole uh, where, that, where that victim should be. Uh, it's, you know, there's no real justice. No,
0: and that, for, and you're you're part of the t- the prosecution team. Yeah, you know, as a police officer, I was involved in many, many trials. Uh, many, I just had my small part. I testify about. We, we'll stick with murders as an example. And while I felt tremendous pressure at the time, my role was very limited. I can only talk about what I experienced, what I did. That's it. I can't begin to imagine the kind of pressure that's on a prosecutor when you have a horrible serial killer like this on trial with all the celebrity media circus that goes along with it. The pressure on you and your team must have been outrageous.
1: It was. uh, The uh, one thing that I'm eternally thankful for was this was before CNN, MSNBC, and the 24-hour news cycle. Uh, because we had enough trouble with news media without having the the, the wall-to-wall sort of coverage that uh, that cases will get today that high profile cases get today uh, I, you know I couldn't imagine trying to try the no. Bundy case today with it. How,
0: how long was the trial from start to finish including your preparation time
1: Well uh, I had a one case caseload for 2 years uh, in, in, the, in the preparation of, uh, of the case, preparation pre-trial, and um, we started the trial uh, in January, early January, uh, just after the just after New Year, in Orlando. We got our death penalty uh, recommendation on uh, February the ninth of nineteen eighty. Uh, so it was about a six-week trial five or six week trial and uh it was uh, rather fitting that we got our death recommendation on the second anniversary of kim's death how how did
0: you manage to get sleep i mean the on average how many hours a day would you put in between preparing for a trial and then preparation after that day
1: uh we didn't get much sleep during the trial you We'd get up bright and early. We'd go try the case until, till we ran out of witnesses, and then we'd go back to the to the um, to the hotel, and we'd have witnesses lined up for the next day that we had to prepare, and um, and we prepped the witnesses, and then the next morning we'd go we'd go back and do it again. That went on for for a month.
0: And the thing is. You didn't have a smoking gun in this case. You didn't have a direct, and this is a term a lot of people get lost in. You didn't have direct evidence, and I'll repeat myself from earlier. You didn't have an eyewitness saying I saw him do this, or a, a victim saying he did this to me. You didn't have that, so everything was bur- built from circumstantial evidence. So the, and most cases, by the way, are especially in murder cases. But there had to be a time in there, Bob, you are like scared to death thinking, I don't know if this is going to go our way. Because that, these things can get derailed so easily.
1: Well, it was a case that we could have easily lost. It, you know, it was a circumstantial evidence case. And um, the, the defense, uh, despite Bundy's attempts to sabotage the defense, they, they put on a pretty good defense. And uh, the former of the jury, uh, at the time that the uh, prosecution rested, the defense had put up such a good show that the former of the jury was ready for them to come forward and and offer some proof for the story that they told. And if they had offered a centella of proof for the uh, for the story they told, the uh, he would have talked the jury into acquitting
0: in your your expert opinion because you you've seen evidence and you spent time trying this guy and uh, how would you describe Ted Bundy was he as cold-hearted and as vicious a killer as he's made out to be
1: uh, he is a he's a hyena there's uh, a, a, not a. Let me think. Is there not a term that really fits
0: this guy? Is that a, a good way of saying it?
1: Uh, I'm I'm looking for a word, but I can't I can't think of it to save my life. That's fine. I I I kind of get it.
0: Even all these years after retiring from police work, uh, yeah. my wife can read it in me, and when I see certain people. It doesn't matter why. It, 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 there's not that they're waving a big red flag mm-hmm. that says, hey, look at me, I'm whacked, or I'm dangerous, yeah. or I'm vicious. You can just tell, and you become aware of it. You became obviously very aware that this guy Ted Bundy was seriously bad, bad business, and he's a violent, vicious killer.
1: Uh, well, let me, let me say this. I've prosecuted some, some really dangerous men, uh, I prosecuted a guy who was a um, reputed to be a contract killer for the uh, for organized crime. And was a uh, uh, an airborne trooper, airborne ranger, and supposedly did work for the CIA. And he was kind of a fella who you I look at him and my blood would run cold. Right. I, I knew that that guy could take me apart with his bare hands and about a half a dozen other people at the same time he was dangerous. I never felt anything but contempt for Ted Bundy because he could not be dangerous to anybody who was capable of being dangerous back right
0: he couldn't he he was not a, a, a strong brave man he picked on people who could not defend themselves. Bob, before we run out of time, I want to thank you for what you've done, and I'm sure that you and your family paid a heavy price even for years after with the uh, scarring that occurs in an event like this. You're now writing a lot of books. Where can people get information about your books and maybe buy some?
1: Just about all my books are on Amazon and uh, Barnes and & Noble. And then uh, you mentioned my website, bobdickelbooks.com. My latest book uh, is uh, about a uh, 19th century Ted Bundy type, uh, a, a guy who was actually um, a very a brilliant medical student who uh, uh, poisoned his um, poisoned his wife because she was inconvenient to him. And uh, I am uh, about to publish a, a second book from about the same time period. Uh, uh, the title of it is. Uh, going to be the East River Ripper, the mysterious 1891 murder of old Shakespeare. And it's a story about a Jack the Ripper type murder that occurred in New York City brothel in 1891. Uh, there was some speculation that Jack the Ripper might have done it.
0: Get more details about these books at BobDekleBooks.com. That's Bob, D-E-K-L-E, books.com. Bob, thanks so much for being guest on the show. Very much appreciated.
1: Thank you for having me. If
0: you haven't done so already, please download our app. It's 100% free. we got versions for your Android and iPhone devices 100% free. You can download them today at our website, which is L-E-T Radio I'd like to thank our guests so much for coming on the Law Enforcement Today radio show. The Law Enforcement Today radio show is a nationally syndicated radio show broadcast on numerous stations once a week and growing. If you enjoyed the podcast version of the show, please do me a big favor. Tell a friend. I'll be back in just a couple of days with a brand new episode of the Law Enforcement Today radio show and podcast. Until then, this is John J. Wiley. See ya.